It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COB is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, hello, hello. It's the 2nd of September 2022. This is the COB, the stuff you need to know about the day, I guess the week in markets and business. I'm Nadine Blaney and I'm here with Kyle Rada. How are you? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. Well, you sound about as flat as this market <laughs> is today and has been. Uh, look, I don't, I don't begrudge investors at all not wanting to take on a lot of risk ahead of the jobs report and a long weekend in the United States. Don't forget, it's the Labor Day weekend and uh, it's the last long weekend officially of summer and so there will be a lot of people squeezing in, you know, that uh, markets are closed on Monday and, uh, you know, lots of people knocking off early, I would venture to say on Friday as well. Yeah, it's one of those times, it's uh, whenever we had the team chat as a salesperson on the desk, they remember if you're setting orders in the market, remember moves are going to be uh, exaggerated by twice the amount in, uh, in thin trading conditions around major risk events. So um, it'll be interesting to see how this week ends, but I think it's pretty safe to say, whichever way you carve it for both Wall Street and here, it was perhaps not a very good week. It's not going to end on a positive note. No, no. We are down by about 4% this week. We had a couple of positive days, um, We had, but we had that start to the week, you know, like yeah. we're all burnt by, by Jerome Powell on Friday at Jackson Hall. Yeah, no, he's, he's not for pivoting at least uh, this time around. So, you know, it's really actually quite a remarkable change in, in rate expectations and you can really see it quite clearly in the, uh, in the curve, just pricing out those uh, cuts that were expected in 2023. And it's happening here as well as looking at the futures curve. Um, for the cash rate futures curve, just on the uh, the internet there, you can get on the ASX website and see that yourself. But um, the markets are sort of pricing out any potential for, for rate cuts from, from the RBA too. So um, paradigm shift, that's what I keep hearing. Yeah. All right. Well, look, we're seeing the US dollar continuing to go from strength to strength. Um, we this week learned that China has some problems when it comes to growth. Perhaps not learned, perhaps confirmed Reaffirmed, that China yeah. has... Uh, some problems with growth and, of course, continues to lock down its population. So I always feel a bit funny recording this podcast on Fridays before jobs because, yeah. you know, like there's not, there's not, let's be honest, a lot yeah. that we want we're to go and put our decks on the we're line We're relevant for. for about four hours here. <laughs> yeah, but, um, but uh, getting to equities, I can tell you that, uh, look, we saw Dusk report today hitting a near four-month high on that pretty strong start to FY23. So it was interesting 
to read the result. Um, talking up sales so far in the new financial year after a COVID-impacted FY22. Still not uh, confident enough to give any guidance. But um, perhaps in the absence of really a lot of other corporate news, uh, investors yeah. were pretty happy to bid it up. Listen, it was the stock of the day on the call today. Um, and my guests thought, yeah, like they, they almost sounded taken aback by uh, by the result coming through from Dusk. But um, here's what Claude Walker from A Rich Life and Luke Winchester from Meriwether Capital had to say about the stock of the day, which is Dusk. Personally, I find this a really interesting story just because I see some potential that this could be actually quite a high quality retailer that does go the distance, but it's trading on quite a low, a low multiple. Um, so I do... I have owned Dusk previously. I don't currently own it. I think its share price got up to almost $4 at one point or around that level. And I sold out. And it was also getting quite popular, bizarrely, in like Spanish investors were writing about it a lot, uh, which I thought was super strange and kind of a bit of a sign at the top, really. And so uh, now I just think it's a good one for your watch list. The real thing you're waiting for is, like like I said, what does normal look like for yeah. the business? It's really hard to know at the minute. Um, you know, we're getting closer to it, there's no doubt about that. And despite pulling backwards from that, you know, really strong um, FY21, um, you know, it was only 6 7%. They gross mm -hmm. margins held up well, no blowout of inventory. I give full credit to management. Like, it's been a really tough environment to, to manage all these things, and they seem to have done a pretty good job. Okay. So, yeah, definitely on the watch list. Other than that, we had um, GPT doing pretty well today. Um, it was a bit of a motley crew of companies that outperformed. We saw Macquarie doing pretty well. We had a result, not a result, excuse me, a broker note out from UBS saying that it looks to be steaming ahead when it comes to mortgage growth. Um, but, you know, it, there wasn't any big theme. I mean, there's a little bit of, again, that that trepidation ahead of jobs, still licking wounds in the wake of Jackson Hole, and, you know, no big sort of blockbuster reports out today. No, I think we've we've reached well and truly the uh, the hangover period after the, the co after corporate earnings. I'm looking forward to the broker notes out next week when we get the proper post-mortem um, with just how the market performed collectively. I guess the only thing I can add there is that, you know, there are clearly signs of concerns about global growth again. If you do look across the areas of the market that have underperformed today, uh, materials down almost 2%, energy offer is slightly again, but oil prices back down to 86 bucks, you know, outweigh some of those supply side fears as well. So, you know, uh, there is, you know, quite, quite tangibly uh, fears about uh, the, the, the global economy again that seems to be driving price action. Certainly so. Now, um, next week, we do get some indications coming through from how our own central bank is seeing the economy panning out. We get the meeting of the Reserve Bank Board. A uh, rate hike of 50 basis points is widely expected. We get a bit more detail around retail trade, which uh, we saw the preliminary number come in at 1.3%, which was a surprise to the upside. Um, we also hear from the Reserve Bank Governor, Philip Lowe, late in the week on s Thursday, Get the title. I love the title writers at the RBA. Economic Outlook and Monetary Policy. Poetry. What else? Um, and then in the States, we get the Session Services Index. In fact, we get services um, really around the globe. And we also get uh, U.S. Fed Reserve Chair Jay Powell speaking on a panel again at a monetary policy conference. So maybe we'll get some further color around uh, what the hurdles are uh, when it comes to the 75 basis point rise. Um, 
that you know some are still predicting could come from the FOMC in September. Yeah, and you chuck on that uh, GDP numbers, ECB meeting at the end of the week. In fact, um, on the on the Fed futures market pricing in 75, 74% chance of that occurring, and that's been the big shift sh- since Jackson Hole. And um, reading an article today, I can't confirm myself because I haven't looked at the curve, but um, a bit of hawkish rhetoric from the ECB as the market's pricing in 125 basis points of hikes in the next two meetings or before October. Um, so just to go with that kind of concerted effort among central bankers to do their best to, to quash inflation. So uh, a huge risk event there. And it'll be interesting with Governor Lowe too, whether his commentary was a little bit, um, the, the last statement really did emph- emphasize a bl- bit of flexibility, which, you know, perhaps when it comes to fighting inflation, it'd be a little bit more black and white. We'll see if the, the statement on Tuesday and the speech that we get yeah. on Thursday expresses maybe a harder line, a power-like line on inflation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'll be interesting. I I do want to hear what the RBA is thinking right now in China as well. I mean, that mm. it's been a terrible week for commodity prices um, uh, and, and you know, the commodity-linked listed companies here in Australia. I think, actually, I might check it, but I'm pretty sure I was squizzing through a Comsex Twitter account today, and I'm pretty sure they said that the um, the miners are down collectively about... 10%? Well, I've got the ASX website here, materials, so not ju- obviously a bit broader than the miners, 10.3% for yeah, okay. the week, which we, we have, should say as well, BHP did go ex-dividend yes, during the did. week, so there's that caveat, but still, that's a, that's a pretty big drop. Yeah, I think that is a big drop. And so biggest loss, too. yeah, here's Comsec, love you Comsec, biggest loss since March 2020, Oof. on track to snap six straight weeks of gains. So yeah, yeah, BHP, get it, but that's not a ringing endorsement. Um, uh, as based. to the demand picture, at least what, what investors are thinking yes. for the demand uh, picture being painted. Um, you know what else was really big this week, and I don't think that we should totally ignore it, is the um, Jobs and Skills Summit that was ongoing. Oh, because yes. all through reporting season, I know I've said this before, it was, yeah, it was inflation. It was the cost of labor. But, I mean, even speaking with um, Perseus Mining CEO, and they don't have the same kind of issues right now. Uh, because they're primarily um, mining in Africa. He said, look, this is the biggest challenge facing companies facing the country. And uh, today we did have permanent migration numbers agreed to be lifted by 35,000. So uh, we will intake permanent migrants, 195,000 permanent migrants this financial year. So that's to help businesses um, you know, battling widespread staff shortages and to reduce reduce the reliance on short-term workers. So that change has been brought in for one year only. But I had a good chat with Rod Sims today. So he's the former head of the ACCC. He's now at the ANU. And he was, look, he was really positive about this job summit. He said it's really good that uh, people got the conversation going. Of course, now's the time for action and policy. But he reckons that it was a really good idea to get people together and talking about it, get it on the front page, get it front of mind, get all the groups together. And um, he reckons, you know, two days was enough. Now it's time to go away and uh, actually do stuff about it. Yeah, well, I'll be waiting for the doing, I guess. Yeah, well, you can listen to that interview on our website if you so desire. So, look, that's kind of a wrap of what happened here today. Um, obviously, we did a whole raft of interesting interviews with CEOs, with analysts. Um, look, there's one that you can access via the show notes for with Robert Swift from Delft Partners. So, he talks a lot about, um, you know, global macro moves and how that translates into equities and why waiting to jump in, even as we're still continuing to see the sell-off, why patience is a real virtue in this market. 
Hey, um, any sort of conversations really stand out to you from today or this week, Carl? Yes, this week, definitely, and this will be in the OTC, um, was James White, less of investment management, thinks the opportunity is in emerging markets is, I don't, don't want to put words in his mouth, but effectively almost a bit of a once-in-a-lifetime kind of thing going on, beaten up. He thinks now it's the, uh, the time to dive in um, as huh. in, in, in relation yeah. in relation to, to um, develop market equities. He thinks um, they're far, far, far too undervalued. Um, I just greatly, really, I always enjoy my conversations with, with James. I, I yeah, said as much in the newsletter and, and he knows that as well, but, um, definitely, uh, have a look because it's a very well articulated, look, agree or disagree, a very well articulated investment thesis. Yeah, look, I've had a couple conversations this week. I think we mentioned this in the, in the podcast yesterday, but it comes down to timing, right? And, um, some people that I've been speaking to are still saying it's too soon, too soon, but that, yeah, that is, um, where a lot of the opportunity will come forth. In, uh, in the months and years to come. Um, okay, well, look, uh, we've got the last call that we've got to um, wrap up. You yes. know, we've, we've got it started. Um, but look, uh, I do it every Friday, but a huge thank you for listening. A huge thank you for watching the live stream. And look, we'd love it if you could tell your friends and neighbors about us, grow our community, and uh, just allows us to bring you more. Bring you more, which is what we aim to do. Absolutely. Well, have a good weekend. Have you hope you have a good weekend too. See you Monday. Bye.